Good morning, everyone, and thank you for coming to our second episode of the Three of Cups Story Hour. We are here, Josh, Anna, and Isaac, to present to you what we're going to do with this little video series and podcast of ours. We are three friends who have banded together to bring our love for divination, runes, tarot, oracle cards, pendulums, and what have you, to a wider audience and to lend our collective experience, wisdom, and love for other humans to problems and stories that other humans may have. We'll focus on folks and their stories. Especially today, we have, uh, we have a pretty powerful story to share with everybody tuning in with us. And we'll do some readings around it. So that's what this is. That's who we are. And we're going to dive right in. I just want to check in with uh, the other the other cups, if you will. Anna, tell us how you are. How, how, where are you? How are you? How are things with you right now? Hi, I'm based in Dorset and I've been at home today. I was going to go riding. I have a horse I ride, but he wasn't well, so I didn't. So I stayed in and I did lots of homey stuff. I was baking today, um, so I've baked lots of bread. And I'm getting ready later for my full moon rites, which I'll do later on tonight. So I'm really excited about that. And I always bake before I do that. So I've got fresh bread to offer my spirits and ancestors. So yeah, that's what I've been doing today kind of getting consolidated and warm and cozy in the kitchen. That sounds awesome. All right, Isaac, how are you? Where are you? How are things with you? <laughs> well, I'm here in the shop uh, in Littleton over at Deep Earth Arts, uh, just on the other side of the building from Josh right now. <laughs> uh, I am doing, I'm doing well today. I've had a really weird, rough week for a bunch of different reasons, but it's really pushed me to connect to my roots, connect to my roots in my practice, connect to my roots energetically, really make a lot of time to sit down and go deep for some deep introspection and being outside a lot. Uh, tonight, I have a full moon fire planned and generally life's good. Awesome. Well, as you're my husband, I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> um, so we're going to dive right in. Folks that may have not seen us before or don't really know what we're about, like I said uh, earlier, we are going to dive right into an advice column section. Before we do and before I read to you what we have here this week, I want to talk about divination for a moment. Divination, as I define the word, is the use of tarot cards, runes, pendulums, other, other tools or allies that will help us gain another perspective on a situation or a person or something in our life, whether that's our internal landscape or if that's something external to us. What I will say is divination, when one uses it and one relies on it, it shouldn't be something that rules your life and I know that there's a better way to say this but it's very important that when you consult a divinatory tool whether it's tarot or runes or anything like that that you use it in conjunction with your common sense and your free will your intuition if your gut and everything inside of you is telling you 
that a situation or a person is one way and you get another message with divination, I would be the first one to say, follow your gut versus follow a set of cards or symbols. Take into consideration what they say, but remember that you are the authority of you. This is your life. You are the captain of your ship and you're making the calls here. The reason I bring that up is once we share this story and once we do our readings around it, this is essentially what would happen to anybody that was sitting across from us in a professional aspect. We're going to give you our insight. We're going to give you the tools insight, the cards and the runes and what have you. But then you take that into consideration and you go about your life as you best see fit. These are not prescriptions or conscriptions from any sort of deity, God, goddess, universe. They're not, they're not orders of any sort. They are messages to take into consideration to perhaps help you. And then you move on with your life as you will. Is there anything that either Anna or Isaac would like to add about divination and the use of it in a, in a person's life before we jump in to this person's story? Um, I think I'm gonna jump in quickly and just sort of go over what I said last time about wise asking. You know, um, again, what you said about being in control of you, that is absolutely vital. Uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that any form of divination will set any good form of divination will give you a set of solutions, a set of paths, like a roadmap, if you will, um, which then you can make the decisions to choose what actions you would like to take. Um, and, and a good divination will just give you those options. It will open those possibilities for you. For then it's really up to you to choose to walk down whatever path you choose um, from that moment onwards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nothing is set in stone. I want to say that now. Um, a tarot reading or a rune reading is that uh, it's a look, an energetic look of that moment, that moment that you are presently in. And of course, there are infinite possibilities opening up before us all the time. Um, and the advice from spirit, treat it as advice, you know, treat it as advice. Don't treat it as um, hard and fast rules, things that can't shift and change. Um, that's, that's really what I want to say. Perfect. Isaac, any, anything you'd like to add? No, no, I think you both covered it pretty well. All right, then we will jump right into our story this week. <laughs> Excuse me. So we'll be treating uh, this story uh, as an anonymous entry. We're not going to mention any names or anything uh, this week. I'll read it to you as it was <laughs> written to us. I'm in a really dark place lately. My boyfriend of two years, who I really thought was the one, who I've gone through so much with and integrated a family with, dumped me a couple weeks ago. We had just started getting our shit together and things started to look up. We moved into a new apartment an hour away from my family and friends. A month later, he screamed in my face he didn't want me anymore and kicked me and my kids out. I'm lost at this point and need some guidance. I suffer from depression and even ended up in the hospital for a few days. I just want to move forward and it's so hard because it was so out of the blue. It feels like it was planned. Would you do a reading for me and guide me where to go from here? So what we'll do is because we're interested in wise asking, right? And her question 
was, would you do a reading for me and guide me where to go from here? Anna, I'll turn it over to you and see what you can do about guiding her where she's got to go. And for, for, for our purpose here, let's call her Betsy. Okay. okay we'll call her I, Betsy. Okay. Well, first of all, that's, that's incredibly hard. And what a, what a difficult, difficult situation for Betsy to deal with, you know, to come out of the blue like that. Um, the shock of that is huge. Um, and, you know, one goes into shutdown when things like that happen. So I, I completely appreciate her need for guidance. So first of all, I'm gonna get a card. I want just one card uh, for the root of this situation, um, what led to it. So I'm gonna draw one for that. And then I'm gonna draw three for the, the advice from spirit. Um, and so three cards showing hopefully her route forward. And then a last card to crown it, which again will have the flavor of advice and what she can aim for and what she can expect coming in. So the first card is going to be the root of the situation. Can I have a card for the root of the situation for Betsy, please? Yeah, okay, the first card on the table. We have the Nine of Swords. Now, the Nine of Swords is really the root cause of her pain currently at the moment, which is this feeling of being absolutely overwhelmed in the darkness of a situation. And it talks about mental pain, mental anguish. And um, we see those nine swords above this woman's head in the bed, and they are literally hanging over her head in a really um, very dominant way. Uh, she's unable to escape them, or she feels like she's unable to escape them. We notice that the woman has her, her hands over her eyes and she's, there's an element of not facing up to something with the Nine of Swords, that there is a truth here waiting to be discovered. And that truth very often is that things are not as dark as you perceive them to be. We create situations in our minds very often are actually worse than they really are because we blow them up in our heads. Now, I'm not taking away from the fact that this awful thing has happened to Betsy in any sense. I don't want it to be taken that way. But what I'm saying is what she can do next is something she can affect change. She can make things better for herself. This feeling of being powerless or being pinned down by negativity is in her mind alone. She does definitely have the power to change her situation for the better. And I wouldn't want this person to feel like she was a victim or powerless in any sense. And I think that's where she's coming from. You know, she's moving away from this sense of victimhood and hopefully we'll get some more cards in a second to show her where, you know, things can move forward for her. So we want three cards of advice, please. And a second. And a third. These are all talking about the relationship and being stuck in that place of 
feeling like you are pinned, trapped, powerless, unable to escape. But the clue and the, I can see that the way forward for Betsy is very much to do with trying to shift her mental perception. And I'm saying that because the first cup, or the first card rather on the table is the five of cups. And it's come up reversed. Can we see that there? Is it, is it the eight of cups? It's the five. Oh, oh no, sorry, it's the eight. Sorry, it is, you're right, you're, it's the eight. And this is the feeling like you need that, she needs this, this relationship, whatever it was, whatever it was to her, it's important, it's come to an end. We see that, we understand that. But there's something in her which is still hanging on to that relationship. She's not quite fully let it go. If this card came up upright, we would see Betsy being able to move on emotionally. But I think the pain, the, the feeling of, of being um, caught up in the mental anguish of it all, the pain of the loss and the grief over the loss and the shock, there's something in her which hasn't fully been able to accept that, which I understand, you know, it's totally understandable that that hasn't occurred yet. But the key here is to get to a stage where you can move on, you can turn this around. And you do that by being strong enough to flip your perspective, to change your perceptions, to realize that what you had before was not good for you, that it needed to be left behind, that it was something that actually would not have lasted anyway. So Betsy's challenge, if you like, the advice from spirit is to be able to move past this barrier, this emotional barrier that she's currently experiencing in her life. The next card on the table is the Eight of Swords, which again just underlies this feeling of feeling trapped, feeling like she doesn't have any choices, that they've been taken from her, that she is somehow powerless to act in her, to her own good and towards her own liberation. Um, the Eight of Swords, comes into a reading to remind us that we do have the power to free ourselves from any mental pain, from any mental trauma, and from any challenges that are facing us in our lives that make us freeze because we are scared to act. The woman in this card is blindfolded rather in the same way that this woman here has got her hands over her eyes. So there is a sense of not seeing the full picture here or not being aware of how things can change for the better under the current circumstances. She, Betsy's unable to see that these, this set of circumstances actually for her have perhaps liberated her from something worse had she stayed within the relationship. She has the ability here to cut herself free emotionally. The challenge she faces is to simply face her fear, that which keeps her trapped. And I would challenge Betsy to look at what she is unwilling to face at this current time, what's emotionally, mentally difficult for her to accept, to somehow come to terms with those things. And if she chose to, she could quite easily, the woman in this card could remove her bonds if she used the sharp edges of the sword behind her to cut herself free. 
it does tell me that there is a community waiting to welcome Betsy back that she feels at the moment currently apart from. We see in this card, the woman has behind her, there is a, um, it's like a walled citadel behind her on the hill there. And we get the feeling that she's been cast out of her community or she feels separate from her support network in some way or another. And if she were able to liberate, liberate herself, she'd be able to get back to that place of safety. And I think this is her challenge is getting back to that place of safety, feeling accepted again, feeling worthy again, feeling mentally strong again after she's been through this shock, this trauma. And she can do this. She absolutely can do this. She just needs to have the courage to face the truth that this is something she can do for herself. She has the ability to do this for herself and that there is a support network waiting for her once she does liberate herself. And she is not trapped by her pain. You know, she doesn't have to be trapped by her pain. The next card on the table here is the Three of Swords, which talks about heartbreak, which talks about feelings of emotional trauma that we need to be free of. We need to, we need to let go of those things. We need to truly rise above them. And that's a process, you know, it doesn't happen straight away. It doesn't happen straight away, but it comes to, I think the key is the Eight of Swords. It's really looking at what you had and trying to free yourself from the pain of the loss and of the grief and trying to gain some idea of where that relationship possibly was holding you back. The restrictions it placed on you. And to liberate yourself from those things is the answer, you know? This is a difficult situation for sure. There's no doubt at all in my mind, but the key very much is to do with freeing herself from this current cage that she perceives herself to be in right now. And the key to that is allowing her heart to be free of these swords, to truly let them fall away. Because we can cling on to pain because it validates us in some way. You know, we cling on to the what if things had been different? How could I've changed stuff? You know, is it my fault? Well, sometimes that it's nothing you can do but let go. And this card really does talk about the need to let go, to let go of pain. It doesn't define you. You are bigger than it. So we're gonna get one more card for the crown of this situation. And I need one more card, please. That one jumped out. Yeah, okay. So we've got on the bottom of the deck, I just want to mention that we've got the Queen of Swords here. And we've had all of these swords in this reading so far. Okay, and we need, we know that Betsy needs to have mental strength, mental clarity, and here's the Queen of Swords. She's the queen of clarity, of 
honesty, of truth, of strength through mental strength. And she is the one who will be able to get behind Betsy and really help her find the strength she needs to, to root herself again, to free herself, to liberate herself. And the crowning card is the Five of Swords. And this really does talk about coming to terms with those things you cannot change. You know, the path to freedom, the path to liberation, the path to true acceptance sometimes is to understand that you can't change your story that's been and done, but you can change what you do next. You can change how you behave next. You can change what you choose to do next. This card, if you look at it closely, the chap in the front has got He's got two, three remaining swords and he's chosen, he's chosen to leave the two on the ground behind him. He knows he can't handle all of this at once. There's a lot to process for Betsy here. She needs to salvage what she can from this situation and not beat herself up for not somehow managing to hold everything together herself. She needs to take the lessons that she has learned through this with her for sure because they will be her swords in the future and they'll give her strength to make good decisions in the future. But this is about salvaging the things you can do and make, about making good choices the next time around. And don't feel bad, don't feel depressed, don't feel guilty that you cannot do it all, make it all come right. You can only do what you can do and cope with what you can cope with in a daily, you know, step-by-step -step basis. And there's no guilt around that. There's no shame around that. It doesn't make you a lesser person. It makes you a wise person. So I'm gonna get a, an Oracle card now. Some advice from Spirit for Betsy. Okay, so we've got the new moon in Scorpio, which says work through your fears. And the theme of this reading really is coming back to personal fear. You know, the letting go, the acknowledgement of what it is, what it, what it is that's keeping Betsy pinned is fear of the cage that she currently, can, she feels around herself is, is made of fear. So this card is really asking her to examine what those fears are, where they're coming from. And deal with the fears you can handle one at a time. Don't feel like you have to handle it all at once. Take the advice of the five of swords. You know, this is a, this is a slow process. Deal with things one at a time when they come up. But do look at them because I think you can learn so much from the dark times in your life. This is where we learn our big lessons, the things that really, really matter. So whether you perceive it or not at the moment, Betsy, you are learning something very, very important right now. And it will inform you when you come to make decisions in the future regarding relationships. But you must work through your fears. I also just want to quickly point out that we are entering a um, 
it's the lunar eclipse at the moment. So this is the best time to be really focusing a light, um, illuminating areas of our lives which have um, come to a conclusion. It's all about letting go. The energy of the lunar eclipse is absolutely about letting go about those things which no longer serve us. So you have that behind you, Betsy. You have that energetic push, um, that collective energy that will just help you process this. And, um, and I really wish you nothing but the best. And I really hope that life improves, gets better. Just remember, take it slowly, take it one step at a time and don't let don't let things overwhelm you. Remember, you do have choices. You are strong and you can change this. Thank you, Anna. Uh, I just want to call the show now just to be done with it and let, let Betsy see what you have to say. But I will add what I can add. Uh, what I'd like to do, uh, Anna, really quickly, though, something occurred to me during your reading. Um, you were using tarot and then you were using oracle cards. Yeah. Uh, would you mind just explaining to people who might not be familiar with the difference what tarot and oracle cards are and why they're different? Oh, yeah, no problem. Well, tarot is a recognized system um, that supposedly has its roots in the medieval times, but you know, who knows actually really when the tarot first became. Um, it's certainly got its roots in, in history. Um, and it has a very set structure. Um, and there are lots and lots of different tarot cards and there's lots of different tarot decks. Um, oracle cards are different because oracle cards have little um, kind of captions of advice on them. I'll show you the, this is one deck that I have called the Earth Magic deck, that's the backs. And each card you can see has a different sort of tagline. That's wolf, which is instinct. Then this one is forest and, or breath. And, and they have energetic kind of, um, it gives an energetic focus to a reading. I find them really, really useful um, to just add an extra layer and uh, deepen the reading. It kind of, for me, it just focuses everything in, just ramps it up a little bit more um, because it's direct advice. You know, the words are there work through your fears there it is you know we've just done a reading about working through fear and there's the card that just says it all in one you know why am I bothering with tarot actually <laughs> there is that um but it just yeah it's like a full stop at the end of the reading sometimes I'll draw an oracle card at the beginning um because it's just like okay what are we looking at here we go that's the general feel of this reading now I know what I'm dealing with then the cards say what they say and I'll draw one at the end maybe as well to kind of finish it off so it's like bookending a reading for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, people use oracle cards by themselves. They sometimes don't use tarot at all. Um, it really is up to the individual how they want to approach it, but it just does lend that extra depth. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, oh, quick question, for, oh, quick question for Anna. Was that the Black Moon ast uh, astrology cards, the oracle deck that you were using? They are the Moonology. Oh, they're oh, brilliant. I really recommend them. They're my, at the moment, I, my favorite Oracle deck right now is this one, the Moonology deck, which is by somebody called Yasmin Boland. Hmm. And I do, I have to say, I do really love my Earth Magic deck. 
as well. They're really beautiful cards and I really enjoy working with those. But the Moonology, why I like them so much is there is the astrological element to them and they are, they're not sugar-coated at all. Mm. And that's another thing I really like about them is several, or you can buy lots of different tarot decks, you can buy lots of different oracle decks. Um, I tend to like the ones which are very, um, well, they represent life in that they're not just mm. fluffy. You know, I like ones which tell it like it is because they're the most useful after all. And I think mm. the moonology ones definitely do that. Um, as to the earth magic ones as well, actually. So I do recommend them to everybody. Awesome, awesome. I'm gonna jump right into my reading and I'll do something with tarot and runes that's a little bit different uh, than Anna would have done. <clears throat> uh, for those who are watching, you might see the corner of this white cloth in front of me. I have a, a white cloth that's about 18 inches by 18 inches. And it's the cloth that I dumped my runes out onto uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe. I just kind of came up with a way to incorporate tarot and runes together. So I am going to be pulling tarot and runes with the idea of helping Becca see, uh, or Betsy see her way forward out of this. And very interesting that as Anna was talking about the, the situation, it was very much, you know, I kept getting that whole uh, feeling that, you know, as we're talking about stories here, you know, Betsy has her story, the boyfriend has his story, and then somewhere in the middle, there's going to be some version of the truth, right? You know, there's three sides to every story sort of, sort of situation. And I was really being pulled to the phrase, uh, we had just started getting our shit together and things started to look up. I, I, see this as, I see this as a pool, if you will, with lots of things in the pool uh, or in the mud puddle, if you will. And what Betsy gave us was just the, the surface of it, right? And that's, again, in a paragraph or two, that's really all she can give us. But there's a lot of stuff in that pool, that murkiness, this, the, the, the meat of the story. And I want to say this before I cast anything, because I want to see if uh, the, the, the allies and the tools here with tarot and runes kind of reinforce this. But there's this idea that while, while Betsy might have been talking about it coming out of nowhere, I don't think it really came out of nowhere. I, I, have, this, I have this feeling that there were things, you know, if... As, as Betsy is watching this, I want her to think about this. If she were to take the situation that she just got out of and had another friend experience it, all the things leading up to this blow up and this breakup, I imagine that during, you know, if a friend had her scenario and had, had these players in her, I imagine that she would give a friend much different advice than she was taking for herself all throughout this entire experience. So, we're gonna kind of dig into the, the meat of that mud puddle, if you will, which really at the bones of it. Um, so I'm going to just shuffle my cards three times, and then I'm going to pull four cards, one for each corner of this cloth. Now, as I sit here, the first card that I will pull will go up in the upper left-hand corner of this cloth. And this card will represent Betsy. 
The next card I pull will go in the upper right. This will represent the past or what has proceeded to get uh, Betsy into her scenario. The next card is down in the bottom right. And this is the present, what's going on right now or what's passing. And then the future card down in the bottom left, that's a card very much about the future and generally what's coming to pass if we don't do much about it. Okay, so I'm gonna flip those cards over. All right, so this is really interesting. Uh, before, I, before I cast the runes, I wanna go over the cards. And the reason being is that sometimes the runes will land on the cards when I do this. Betsy is represented by the chariot. The chariot card. Now the chariot means lots of different things, right? The, the, the idea of will, um, the idea of forward movement. And if, if Betsy is undergoing anything right now, it's definitely forward movement. And the figure in this card is in a chariot of sorts. And there's spirits down here pulling that chariot, right? I, I, get, I get the feeling with this card that there is more going on on a spiritual level than we're aware of. And what I mean by that is you know, sometimes, you know, I don't want to talk about fate or destiny or anything like this, but sometimes people come together for a reason, and sometimes they come together for a season, and sometimes that season doesn't last their entire life. As they've come together, perhaps to just experience that time or learn lessons from one another, what have you, it feels that they might have been together a little bit too long, and they might have been forcing it to work a little bit too long. And when you force it to work a little bit too long, sometimes spirits, helpful spirits on either side will come into the situation and do something to make them part ways. I've seen it myself, both in my life and in the lives of others, how spirits can go, nope, you've been in this scenario for too long. We're gonna step into the scenario. We're gonna do something a little bit drastic and make, make those currents part, if you will. So that's the chariot. In the past is the Wheel of Fortune. I mean, these are all big cards. So we have the Wheel of Fortune here in the past. And again, being that it's a, a major arcana card, we see a lot at work in this card being, you know, essentially the meaning of this card is what goes up will go, come down, right? And I'll give you a little funny, funny quip about this card. Uh, back in like February or March, I had asked Tarot to give me one card that represented the outcome of the United States presidential election. And the Wheel of Fortune is what it gave me. You know, the idea of what goes up must come down. Um, and that was, I thought, a really interesting answer. Also in the Wheel of Fortune, I want to point out here, that the, wheel, the chariot is card number seven, right? The Wheel of Fortune is card number 10. They're not near one another, but if I can show you, the spirits here in front of the chariot is also the spirit here at the top of the Wheel of Fortune. You see that headdress, that black and white headdress? So I'm get closer to you. The spirit on top of the Wheel of Fortune is also the spirit in the chariot. The Wheel of Fortune also with the four spirits in the corner of this card that speaks to 
that speaks to, uh, I don't want to say interference because there's a negative connotation to that, but it certainly speaks to the fact that there's been players at work in the unseen realm that have helped transpire this. Now, the present card here, again, these are all, these four cards are all big ones, right? These four cards, this present card here is the Ace of Swords. So we see the Ace of Swords, again, the swords. We saw swords all throughout Anna's reading, right? Talking about uh, the, the inner landscape or the mental landscape, um, air and mental faculties. It's very interesting to see the Aces as, and I was told a long time ago that no matter where Aces fall in a reading, they kind of trump everything um, as their major message. So this is a, a beginning, of course, a blessing, um, but it still has that sword to it, which again is mental faculties. We see the hand coming out of uh, the clouds, which speaks to a gift from spirit or uh, intercession from spirit, if you will. Again, this is a beginning. I think that this reading is saying, listen, this happened for a reason. It probably happened uh, far later than it should have but we have to see this as a gift. We have to see this as a blessing. And again, I'm hearing that this is going, uh, Betsy, this will give you a chance to get back to the person who you really are. So as, as in, in times of strife and in times of being broken down to your absolute fundamentals, you know, now you have a chance to, to build yourself up, create a life from the ashes like a phoenix and create that life that you want for yourself and to also have an opportunity to remember who you are. As Anna was giving her readings uh, or her reading on this scenario, the other thing that I was feeling was like, this guy, I don't think he knew what he had. I really don't think he knew what he had. So when he gets in your face and he yells and, you know, get out of here, I believe that he had, some, again, full disclosure, I don't know Betsy. I don't know who she is. I've never given her a reading. I don't know her scenario. All I know is this paragraph. I have a feeling that she's somebody who's loyal, somebody who's like a, a homeowner, like not a homeowner, but a homemaker. You know, she's got a real maternal instinct about her. She's got kids. She's been a single mom. You know, she's now a single mom again. She's got this uh, real Cancerian, like a Cancer vibe of trying to make a home work and, you know, just kind of nesting uh, really, really vital uh, to, to Betsy. And boy, again, Betsy, this is an opportunity for you to see you who for you to see yourself for who you are and what you bring to the table. This is a chance for you to define yourself by your haves and not your have-nots. Who are you? What do you bring to the table? That's what you must be focusing on with that ace of swords and that mental faculty. You don't focus on in this moment, as much as you may want to, don't focus on who you aren't and what you don't have. I need you to focus on who you are and what you do have, because I believe this fellow might have made a mistake, a mistake that was probably necessary in the grand scheme of things, but I, I really don't think that this person's gonna move on and find somebody that was as good for him as you were. That brings us to the card of the future, another major arcana card. So we've had three major arcana cards here, as well as the Ace of Swords. Your future, and this is an interesting correlation because Anna, Anna had the Three of Swords. 
I've got the three in the major arcana, the Empress. So this is, I mean, this is just like the Ace of Swords, beginning fertility. This is that, that worldly maternal instinct. And I don't even want to say maternal. It's, it's divine femininity, if you will. That sort of thing that makes you who you are. And I would ask you, Betsy, can you see yourself in the future as the empress? Can you see yourself in this opportunity to build yourself up, to bring yourself to where you want to be in life and to create for, in, in your own little kingdom, how can you create yourself as the empress? How can you make yourself the empress, right? How can you acknowledge and work with the empress that already exists within you, okay? That's, that's, that's the future here for you. How can you bring forth your inner empress? How can you honor her? How can you acknowledge her? And how can you get to a place where you truly understand that you're a blessing to somebody and not a burden, okay? So there's the four cards. Now what I do, because these are in the four corners, I'm just gonna shake the runes up and cast them. And what's interesting here, because these four cards build a grid, not only am I gonna pay attention to the runes that fall face up in the center, but I'll be paying attention to the runes that, um, uh, fall in between the cards. So if we have in the upper left-hand corner, the chariot, who you are, and then we have the past, the wheel of fortune, right? So we're gonna have runes that fall in between those cards. We'll have runes that fall in the center. We'll have runes. So I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna give you this. Um, the chariot, the chariot, right next to the chariot, almost on top of it is the rune of Nathis. Looks kind of like a cross. This is the rune of constriction, restriction. This is the rune of uh, essentially necessity is the mother of all invention. When we are backed into a corner, that is when we find it within ourselves to really dig deep and to bring forth into this world what we need. And it's interesting that it would fall near the chariot because right now, as you are the chariot, it is important that you dig deep within yourself, acknowledge from more of a witness state, the third, the third party, if you will, acknowledge the scenario that you're in and the scenario that you've moved out of. And you may find yourself right now in a place that's not ideal. You know, just, a, just even a month ago or a couple months ago, you had this idea that we are going to nest, we're going to create a home, and now that's all been swept up from underneath you and your kids. When you are at the lowest, this is when you dig deep, right? Necessity or constriction is the mother of all invention, right? Near the Wheel of Fortune is Tiwaz. Tiwaz is the rune of the warrior. It's the rune of the sky god Tyr. Uh, and this speaks to uh, essentially a code of conduct, um, integrity, honor, doing what's right. And I'll tell you, when I... When, when I was talking about, it feels like this, what's going on here is actually right to get you to be that phoenix, right? To move on. It feels, the scenario as you were describing it, feels like taking two magnets and trying to get them to touch and they just don't click, right? This scenario flipped one of the magnets around and now it's clicking, if you will. Between the Wheel of Fortune and the Ace of Swords, between the past, and the present is Rado, Rado. This is, uh, looks like an R. This is the, the chariot, interestingly enough. This is the, the journey. This is the blessed journey. This is a rune that you would put on 
your luggage or your uh, your vehicle as you travel. This is the idea of movement and moving along. Um, obviously, that speaks to your story, but it also speaks to the fact that you have spirits around you, holding you, supporting you, right? Being that you're not only on a journey, but a blessed journey, there are spirits around you, ancestors, helping spirits, all of those uh, types of spirits that would help you get through this, right? And in fact, as much as you may not like to hear it, they might even have been the helping spirits that helped to make this scenario happen. Uh, again, that's something that happens quite often. All right, between the Ace of Swords and the Empress, we have three runes. The first one is Fehu. Now, Fehu is uh, the rune of resources. It's the money rune, right? And one of the things that popped up for me when Anna was giving her reading is that she pulled two eights, the Eight of Cups and the Eight of Swords. And as, as far as I know, in tarot, eights are very much associated with money, right? Uh, money issues. And I was like, well, you know, she's in an apartment with a, a, a man. This is two people leading a household, means two incomes, ideally speaking, leading a household. And now she's with, you know, she's by herself. She's with her kids. No matter how you look at it, money's going to be an issue. Money right now is going to be an issue, right? Um, then we see uh, Parthro. Parthro is uh, the great womb. This is the most mysterious of womb, uh, runes. This talks about uh, essentially the great womb of existence. Everything was born out of this. Uh, it also speaks to like a dice cup um, in the way that when you cast dice or when you cast runes, if you will, you're kind of pulling from the well uh, of creation, um, the great womb, the great mother of us all. And, you know, this is, this is a story that's unrolling and, and unraveling as you are watching this, Betsy, you are putting pieces of your life back together. Um, you're actually taking a chance. You don't know what's going to come out of that dice cup or that room bag as you do this. The next one right near the Empress, uh, this is wonderful to see right at the corner of her, is Sawilo. This is the sun wheel. This is the sun. This is victory, success, power. Uh, it was actually my rune for the day today, this morning, interestingly. Uh, and I see that with the Empress, because as you look at the Empress, I mean, they the card in the rune is essentially sitting like this, right? The sun's overhead shining on the Empress. Where are you going from here, Betsy, as that's your, that's your first question? You're going through the thick of it, right? This is that time after that um, transition. And in times of transition, we either sink or swim. But this is that time after that transition where you are the phoenix, where you are creating yourself. Uh, I believe that you have a, an abundant, healthy, wonderful uh, future. The Empress speaks to me of love. And it's a future that's not just going to happen to yourself. This is a future that you will co-create. And that's, that's, that's really important here to speak to and to add on to Anna's reading. The fact that, you know, the Eight of Swords, you've got to take your blindfold off. With the Three of Swords, you have to pull those swords out. That's up to you. There's no psychic or tarot cards or uh, or, or, or anything that's going to help you until you say, all right, I'm going to take the blindfolds off. I'm going to look at me for who I am, look at my life for what it is, and take tangible action steps to get me to where I want to be. You have helping spirits. You have a current of... 
uh, a current of destiny or fate that you're caught up in. We all are. To what extent, I don't know. But you have that current that you're sitting in. You have those helping spirits, but it's not all up to them. It's up to you as well. So to get yourself to where you want to be, I would ask you, Betsy, what can you do to co-create the life you want in the immediate future so you become the empress and the sun shines down upon you? That's what I have for you, Betsy. I'll turn it over to Isaac. Unless, Anna, Isaac, you want to add anything on top of what... I just shared there with those. I love the use of the runes with the tarot together. I really do. It's lovely. They work very well in tandem together, don't they? You know, it's it's interesting. They come from two completely separate parts, right, of the world. Mm. They're two completely, I mean, one is a card system. The other one is an alphabet, right? Yeah. But they do, for me, anyways, they do work really well. We have a, a, a card that says the chariot. We have a rune that says the chariot. We have a card that says the sun. We have a rune that says the sun. Um, yeah. There's, there's yeah. all sorts of those connections there and I find it really useful. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So I uh, will turn it right over to Isaac. Well, I've, <laughs> so I cheated a bit and I decided to do my layout right before we started because I want to sit with it a little bit. You know, I'm still warming up to reading for people on podcasts. So I decided to <laughs> work with the traditional Celtic cross, which I don't know very well. <laughs> so I actually have reminders here for what each position means. And as I've been sitting here listening to both Anna and Josh about their their, their cards and the runes and what everything's saying. It's really funny for me to be looking at my reading the entire time and being like, oh yeah, okay, that's how that ties in. Oh yeah, okay, I see, I see, that, that makes sense. So it's, it's been a really fun exercise to listen to you two go over your readings and see what you came up and then compare it to what I have right in front of me. So my question was just, I was just looking for clarification in the situation. I would just want to look at the situation that Betsy was going through. And so if you don't know the positions of the Celtic cross, I was roughly uh, <laughs> uh, knowledgeable about it before this. I don't normally use this, but I, I use this when I first was playing around with tarot, and I find that it tells a story very well. And as this is a storytelling podcast, this might be a really good one for it. So at the heart of the matter, the heart of the relationship matter, I got the seven of wands right here. And this is a card, if you are listening, it's a picture of a man holding one of these giant sticks, fighting off six other sticks. And this is a card of defense, of standing your ground, kind of like the king of the hill, but it's a card also of combat and of feeling like you need to defend yourself against something, feeling like you need to defend yourself against some sort of aggression. And yes, you're on top of the hill, so there's a little bit of upper hand, but 
there's still defense. And so I was kind of sitting with this because this made sense being that Betsy is in a bad situation. She is feeling like she's having this aggression coming out of nowhere, but she's struggling. So I'm like, well, how is she on top of the hill? But the way, Anna, you were describing the the sword cards being, you know, you, you, you do have an upper hand. You can get yourself out of this really tied into that a little bit in my mind. So that was, that was an interesting part, just talking about this is a difficult situation and she feels like she's on the defense. Meanwhile, what's being opposed is the hanged man. Yeah. <laughs> Get this card to the camera. And that's a card of self-sacrifice. I've seen it for waiting and for showing up in readings for almost a purgatorial sense of just in between or initiation or something like that. I think with this situation, though, it is a matter of self-sacrifice. And this is starting to talk into a little bit of what Josh was talking about, the idea that she was saying, oh, I feel like I just got our shit together. Things just started getting better. This, and you'll see it repeat. This is something that repeats throughout my spread here is talking about there was an imbalance there there was not a there was not a, a good give and take in this relationship in the first place and if anything it seems that she was the one putting out that self-sacrifice she was this supportive giving character in this that may have not been rece reciprocated in the right way so the next card that comes up is the root cause, and that is the Six of Pentacles. This goes back to the idea of that imbalance. The picture here is somebody holding a scale, giving stuff to beggars, giving coins to beggars. And that's a card of give and take. It can be a card of charity, but also to me, it's a card of imbalance. There's an imbalance be between this super rich guy and these people who are destitute. So I would suggest maybe looking at the situation that she was coming from, kind of questioning if it really was together. I mean, obviously it wasn't, he didn't, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere, but there was an imbalance. And she may have been giving of herself a little too much in this situation or not too much, not saying that I'm not trying to put blame on her. I'm saying she was trying, it seems like from what I'm seeing in the cards, she was trying really hard to make this work. And she was probably going above and beyond. And there was an imbalance there. So something related to the past our lovely three of cups. Uh, even if you're listening to the podcast, you can see the three of cups on the cover photo. So you know what it looks like, three people raising cups. And it's talking about both of a celebratory past of a past of union and support. But I remember in the email, she was talking about how she moved an hour away from her friends and family. This is probably talking about the friends and family that she moved away from. Again, this starts coming back in. And also how important that community is to her. How moving away for somebody may have not worked best in her favor. And 
we'll, we'll get into that a little bit uh, in a second. Now, attitudes and beliefs. So, <laughs> Anna, if you want to uh, <laughs> quote, uh, quip in about this, because it's a court card. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, Knight of Wands. And I know so that, which and I, position is the Knight of Wands coming up in? Remind me. Ah, attitudes and belief. That belief? one is, that okay. is and assumptions, you know, that in, in her, what she is accepting to be true about the situation. Right, right. So, so what are know, your feelings about the Knight of Wands? I think of him as, I think of the Knight of Wands as a very rash gentleman. You know, he's all about action and going forward and sometimes maybe inappropriate action. It's not necessarily the most level-headed character in the deck because Wands, Fire, he's a hothead. And so he might rush ahead and, and do something that, that, that is not necessarily, you know, the, the, the best of situations. So I don't know if this is talking about, this is tying back to the boyfriend. Uh, having that moment of flipping out and being like, oh no, get out. You know, Josh kind of tied that in about how he's most likely going to come around to regret it, but it still seems like a really, like the best situation for him. This situation is this big outburst. And that's really interesting to think that maybe there was spirit help to lead him to this outburst. And I have other cards in here talking about his fiery nature. So that would be my interpretation of it. How does that sound to you? It sounds really good. No, I think that's very accurate. I think the Knight of Wands is famous for being um, hot-headed. Um, he's mm -hmm. an explorer, he's an adventurer, he's great fun to be around, but he's not reliable. Um, mm -hmm. He's somebody who can pick you up and drop you as soon as, you know, spinning on a, you know, 180 degree turn in, in, in a second. So, you know, he goes where his fancy takes him. It tells me that, you know, he probably, he may not have been as invested in the relationship as, as she was. I mean, if we're taking that to be him, that card to represent him, if it's a card that represents her beliefs, then it possibly is her willingness to trust too much, you know, mm. to be open hearted and trusting and maybe, you know, being too expensive. You know, mm -hmm. uh, over -romant uh, romanticism isn't really Knight of Wands energy, but it's, it is in a sense when you get swept along with something, you know, mm -hmm. and you're willing to trust something because it's just taking you with it. Um, that the energy is really fiery and hot and you get attracted to that, you know, um, that can be a very attractive thing, can be very alluring, um, mm -hmm. but it might not necessarily be healthy for her, you know. After all, the, fire, the fiery ones can burn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I, I think that... Also, sorry, Isaac, not to interrupt you, but I got something when you, when you held up the Three of Cups, something, something dawned on me. Um, I have to wonder if Betsy and her, her boyfriend met at a party and that there might have been alcohol or intoxicants involved. Oh, I like that. I mean, I, and, 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 and I can see, I can see, you know, how like alcohol is notorious for making people hot headed. I can mm -hmm. see the three of cups right before the, 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 Knight of wands being like, Hey, did this really come out of nowhere? Or was this, you know, the, the, the guys, um, I don't know, the guy's fury of the week, if you will, for, for lack of a better way to put it. Well, I think it's going to, it, you'll like this because it, it ties in a little more to uh, 
wands later on in the meeting uh, in the reading. Uh, so something related to the future, I got the two of wands, which is a card of planning. And that's, I mean, that's where she's in right now. I was sitting with that for a bit because I know she had mentioned, oh, was this something that he planned? But this is talking, this position is in, in the future. So I don't think it's speaking to that. I think it is specifically talking to her sitting down and just planning her next step, figuring out, you know, sitting there and knowing that she has this expanse in front of her and she needs to figure out her next step because- Yeah, to me, to me, it's a crossroads card of what you do next. Where do you go from here? You know, what's my best route forward? How am I gonna, how am I gonna put my will into action? How am I gonna courageously move forward with something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So that's, that's the center of it. And so then if you're familiar with the Celtic cross, then it has four cards on the side. Uh, so we're talking, the first one that comes up on the side is the position of you as you are, or Betsy as she is. And what I got here is the four of, of wands, which is really interesting because this is a celebration card but it's also a community card. And so as I was thinking about it, it kind of ties into what my advice would be for her next step, which might be go back, go back home. You know, this is, this is a good situation to leave. She said she left a lot back home an hour away. Might be time to consider moving back, which isn't a failure. It's returning to, returning to your roots, returning to your community and finding the support that will help remind you who you are and, and support you in refinding yourself and finding out who you are outside of this relationship and to remind you that because this relationship didn't work out isn't necessarily a bad thing. It definitely doesn't shine poorly on her. Because from what I'm seeing in this ring, reading, she gave a lot to this relationship. She tried the best she knew how. And even tying in that, that night of, of Juan's energy, you, you Anna had mentioned that it was kind of somebody who's not responsible or, or somebody who's likely to pick things up as much as put things down. And that fiery nature probably needed a lot of balancing and she probably tried to be that balance and i mean in a healthy relationship ideally you're a partner not somebody who's overcompensating for somebody else especially if that other person isn't putting the work in so and so that ties in talking about fieriness that ties into the outside environment king of wands and so if the Knight of Wands wasn't him, the King of Wands definitely is. And while the King of Wands is a more mature card, normally this could be somebody who'd be great with family stuff. This is also somebody who might have a little bit of anger issues, which all this fire kind of popping in, I know that everybody else had a lot of swords, but I think the swords were more talking about her experience being that that cutting away from the from the relationship and the difficultness she's going through this can't be easy for her this has to suck i think that 
he is a little hot-headed himself. And that's interesting to tie in the three of cups is the idea of maybe, I don't know if he has a drinking problem or not. I'm not going to say either way because I, I don't know. But uh, there's definitely there's definitely an imbalance here. And talking about balance, the next one, the guidance card, justice, finding that balance. So I think it's time for her to find her own balance, not try to be the balance for somebody else or give of herself unnecessarily to make something work, but to find that balance inside of her, the family that she has, her and her kids and her community, tying all back to that community, which actually all ties into the final card, which is kind of where she's headed. And that is the nine of wands. So we had a lot of wands in this reading. And this is a card, if you're unfamiliar with this card, it's a man with a bandage on his head. He is resting on one of, they call them wands, but they're, they're kind of big stabs, like, these sticks are definitely taller than this guy. He's leaning on one of the stabs and the eight other ones are behind him. And he's taking a rest. He looks like he's been beaten and battered. And it sounds like Betsy has gone through her own beaten and batteredness. And she's headed to a place of rest, which is good and well-deserved. Uh, hopefully, again, ties into my suggestion of going back to where she has community to support her in this so she can find that rest with some help, with some support, because you can't always do it on her own. And being a single mom is tough. So that's, that's my reading and my suggestion for her. Awesome. I don't know. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really, really awesome. And I just want to just quickly, as you were talking, Isaac, I just saw the Knight of Wands and the King of Wands on the table together. And there seemed to me a really clear connection between the two. And that King of Wands being in, in and around Betsy, it was in her environment, was it not? The King of Wands? Yeah, the King of Wands was Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it just struck me that this King of Wands could be her father you know, and the fact that she's attracted to people like that because of perhaps patterns that were set quite a long time ago in her past, of just being around that sort of energy, that sort of person, and you subconsciously go for the kinds of people that, you know, fit that, that mold mm -hmm. sometimes. And that, that Knight of Wands is very much that, you know, he is the son of the King of Wands after all, they are connected. It right. just struck me that familial relationship just suddenly went ah twig in my in my mind. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to to look at it. Now, <laughs> the the only the only uh, problem with doing it in podcast uh, video form is you're not able to talk to the person while you're doing the reading. You're like, well, this is the information I'm given. So that would be an yeah. interesting thing to ask her to be like, yeah, go <laughs> yeah. very Freudian. So. How's your relationship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your father. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, I want to bring this up too because I was thinking of the Knight of Wands and the King of Wands as well. I was thinking of you know son father scenario. Perhaps this fellow is very much like his father, and if he does have those sort of 
temper problems, those sort of, uh, uh, you know, maybe drinking problems or anything like that, that those, those things are more often than not handed down from us or handed down to us from our loved ones. The King of Wands could also be one of these ancestral spirits that are like, all right, kids, you've been together for too long, time to go, right? That sort of thing. It's obviously not for the greater good that you stay together. It's time to move. Another thing that struck me in your reading, Isaac, was we see the scales in the Six of Pentacles. Look at the Six of Pentacles mm -hmm. for me. Are those scales out of balance as he's oh. holding them? Let me dig through here. Just put them all down. Oh, you here can't do that. You can't put it's, them away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are, are they out of balance? They were, they were, they were put away. So, so, they, so it's hard to say. It, 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 it might subtly be out of balance, or it might just be near the the way it was the the drawing was transcribed. But it does look like. Uh, this one is lower than this one. Okay, now, in, in, the, justice, so in the justice card, in, in the justice card, yeah, Isaac, just are, about the scales, to look at that. are the scales balanced? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, energetically, that I mean, that's the idea of the justice card, but also, yes, visually, and it is right on point. Also, she's got a sword in her hand. You know, she's got that clarity, that ace of swords. She's got that ace of swords in her hand, helping her become balanced because she's able to meet the challenges that she faces with honesty and truth. Ah. Yes, yes. yes and they're both cards of Libra, the six of pentacles and justice. They're both cards of Libra of balance. And also Libra is an air sign, which ties in with the sword mm -hmm. suit. Ah! <laughs> I and talking about all this, you know, I was just, I'm, I'm wondering if, if the, the X is a fire sign uh, or has a lot of fire in his astrological chart. I'm kind of like, so is, are we dealing with a, a Sagittarius or Aries here or something? Uh, what, well, typically the King of Wands would be Aries and the Knight of Wands would be Sagittarius. If we're going to look at traditional, you know, astrological uh, pigeonholes to put them in but they can be any uh, uh, any fire sign or they can be any person who just exhibits that kind of quality i'd just like to mention that the mm -hmm. king of wands doesn't always have to be kind of aggressive and domineering he can be very charismatic and very exciting to be with as can the knights you know they have this quality of vivacity and excitement and particularly the king of wands because he has all of those things but he's managed to sort of um, control them within himself. He has this hugely attractive um, allure to him, which can be, uh, if, if it's an energy she's met in her past to do with a very strong male figure in her life, you know, it's not surprising that she's finding that attractive in other people, even if, if it's slightly going off kilter a bit with the, with the night, you know, being a bit, um, a bit all over the place with him. Maybe she's just attracted to that sense of power within a man um, being expressed in quite a typical, stereotypical way. Um, it's just it's just something that struck me. Mm. I, and I, I think it was, yeah, I, I know that, you know, the, the King of Wands can definitely have that, that, um, you know, that, 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 that positive aspect because he's more mature. Uh, as I, as I understand with court cards, you know, if you're, 
the, the, the night is usually that, that immature, uh, immature representation of that element and this elemental power or that, that, that specific, um, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And the notes are always there. They're expansive. They're going on a mission to do something or to, you know, mm -hmm. to take something somewhere or to impart information about something. They're, 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 they're very active. They're moving. Whereas the kings are seated within their power. They're seated on their thrones. They're somehow they don't need to prove themselves in the same way. They're, they're much more um, confident in themselves in a funny way. Um, the knight, sent, the knight of Wands is is the, the positive qualities are that he's visionary, he's expansive, he wants to experience, he's out there to learn. You know, he he's all about experience and 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 soaking it all in. Um, he lives for the moment, you know, very much in that sense, and he he's he's all about the three D experience and, and and what that can bring to him. But he can be quite selfish without realizing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> All right. So that I think, you know, wraps up Betsy's reading pretty well. And I hope once Betsy has a look at this, that there are grains of truth here that she can s sift through, if you will, and use anything that we brought forth today to kind of help her see her way uh, to clarity, which, you know, that's what the swords represent, clarity. We're gonna jump right into our next portion and we should do this every time we have uh, in, an episode. We're gonna have some fun now. Uh, we've talked about some heavy things, you know, somebody's story where they're going through some, some really awful stuff. Now we're gonna have some fun. So the, the idea of this little segment, and I'm sure it'll change over time as, as we go through these. One of us here, not me today, but somebody else here, had the responsibility of choosing a topic. This topic is of a universal variety. This is supposed to be something that we all are somewhat familiar with. This person who's gonna bring this up to us will also share a little story around this topic, why this topic is pertinent to them. And then they're going to give us a question that we will do uh, maybe a one card draw, one rune pull sort of thing around this topic. So for today, for our little segment of ridiculousness, uh, ridicul 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 ridiculosity, whatever you wanna say it is, um, I'm gonna turn it over to Isaac. He's the one that has our uh, fun and crazy topic for this week. And so as we were getting ready, you know, we, we set up the video and kind of check in before we start recording. And Josh had told me, I think this morning, <laughs> he was like, hey, I think that you should pick today's topic. So just, you know, pick up, pick something in the next few hours. <laughs> just like, All right. Uh, and we were prepping and he's like, oh, I know Isaac's getting, has this topic by now. And you know, I, I want you to get a question as well. Something, you know, if you pick, say, Bigfoot, and he starts going off about that, and then I just start shaking my fist at him, because that is indeed what I picked today for the topic. <laughs> That's what you get living with a psychic. What <laughs> uh, a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, you know, so 
It is funny because I'm sure he he also knows kind of why I, I picked it. So when I was younger, when I was really getting into this, I would spend a lot of time in the woods right across from my house at the time. And it was, I would wander around and kind of talk to inanimate objects as one does and, you know, sip the trees. And I started having dreams where I'd go into the woods and then I'd run into a Bigfoot character. And he was a, he was a, he was a funky looking Bigfoot. Actually, it was they, it was always family. And they had hair hanging over their eyes and they would see me and they would get weirdly aggressive and they would attack me in my dreams. And I had this reoccurring nightmare. And when I told Josh about this, I think when we first started dating, and then, you know, it became a thing of like, ha Isaac's afraid of Bigfoot. Well, I don't know if I'm afraid of Bigfoot. I just had a recurring nightmare of him. But as I've been progressing with my practice, I think I might have done something. And this is, this is, this is my own interpretation of the situation. I think in my exploration, I might have done something that just kind of either crossed a land spirit the wrong way or just didn't introduce myself in a correct way or was just an aggressive land spirit. And I was going into the woods in my dreams and, you know, non-ordinary reality and bumping into this guy. And he was like, uh, what are you doing here? Get out. You know, just wasn't into me being around. So that's why I wanted to choose Bigfoot because I used to have dreams about him, <laughs> him and his family in the woods across from my house. And this is the house that we live in now, the house that Josh and I live in. We live out in the middle of the woods. And actually those woods, we don't own the property. It was recently, well, five or more years ago, uh, it was logged. So I'm sure that also has pissed off whatever land spirit that was. But Oh, I have to get a question. And so I didn't realize I was supposed to have a question until the beginning of this episode. And I'm still trying to formulate it. <laughs> but we'll just go with, you know, pulling cards. Maybe is Bigfoot really just a land spirit? Or is he, or is there a real, actual, material, physical Bigfoot? How about that for, for a really funny, weird, wonky question? All right, let's, 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 before we, before we pull anything, let's see what we can do to kind of whittle that down a little bit, because with the, the realm of just bonkers reality that is out there, <laughs> it, it, it very well, Bigfoot very well could be one, a land spirit, as well as a physical being. So... Mm -hmm. Is this an either or question? Is this a yes or no question? Is it a question of just tell me what Bigfoot is? Tell me what Sasquatch is. Tell me what Bigfoot is. I, I mean, I, and I'll, I'll defer to Anna here. You know, Anna, what's the best type of question for this? Oh, uh, yeah. What, tell me what Sasquatch is. I think that's a great question because then that gives it, it's open-ended. Then the answer can be anything. And, and we, we get what we get. And we can just pool our resources and go, okay, we've got these cards. What do we make of this? Right. What do you think, Isaac? Is that okay? Yeah, I'm about to, I'm going to pull three cards to describe Bigfoot. <laughs> and I swear, if the moon pops up, then I'm just going to be like, all right, 
I don't know. <laughs> it's a loser. But I don't know who do we want to go in the regular order? Or do we want to break that up? Well, why don't we go, yeah, why don't we go with you, Isaac? Why don't because it's your question, your topic. We'll go with you, you're shuffling, and then Anna will go, and then I'll go. I see. All right. Give me a second just to ask the cards and feel it out. Ah, give me three cards for Bigfoot. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. uh, I have two cards that have popped out. I'm actually going, I never do it that way, but I'm going to, I'm going to see what those guys are about. And then I'll just spread and pull a third. <laughs> wow. Okay. So <laughs> I don't even know. I guess you know a vague question deserves a vague answer. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do the sandwich mode because I I have pulled two uh two awful cards, <laughs> like really, and so I'll do awful, good, and then awful, and I think I'll I'll, I'll end on the on the worst, uh, and then I'm gonna really try to sit with this here. So first in the three cards, I've pulled the nine of wands, which is really ha ha. <laughs> I was just nine, talking nine about of, nightmares. I was just saying, I was just saying nightmares and I pulled the nightmare yeah. card. Nine of swords. Sorry, I, I misspoke. I, I said nine of wands, but I meant nine of swords. And as we had talked about earlier, it's the person sitting up in bed, oh, covering their eyes <laughs> with swords behind them. So it's the nightmare card. And that's hilarious because I was just talking about my nightmares with, with Bigfoot. So um, Tarot's cheeky. Uh, <laughs> so this is interesting, and I know that uh, this this has a deeper meaning, and, I, and I'm, it's triggering something in my memory, and I'm not remembering exactly what it is. So here's King of Wands again. He shared back up, but you know, so if anything, saying the Bigfoot is a person, I definitely would say that this is indeed saying he's real in some sort of fashion that still doesn't mean if he's real physically versus uh as a spirit you know being uh corporeal or not but you know king of wands i guess that's a really you know if you think of i think of bigfoot and i think of a big you know passionate being in a way that you know you don't want to mess with bigfoot you don't want you don't want to get into a fight with Bigfoot. Nobody wants to get into a fight with Bigfoot. Nobody wants to get into a fight with King of Wands. You know that he'll go full rage and smash you. So that's really interesting. The King of Wands popped up, and I was reading. I remember reading in a tarot book. Somebody uh, had had a correlation between different uh, different court cards and different types of spiritual entities. And I can't remember what King of Wands would have been in that. So I'm gonna have to look that up just for my own interest. And here's a really, 
And I don't know how to interpret this last one. The last one was the tower, which, so for those of you who don't know, this is disaster. This is like the disaster of the upheaval card, um, which might be going back to that idea of, um, you know, me unknowingly taking him off somewhere, either in my work on the land or in that dream world. But Beyond that, I'm not really sure, you know, that I, I believe Bigfoot to be the uh, to be a, a force of disaster and destruction. So um can I, can I just check there? there? We are. If you if you look oh, at that please. tower card, hold up that tower card, yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you what mm -hmm. do you see right, right at the top? What's coming out of the sky? Lightning. Yeah, and what is lightning? lightning? What is lightning? Well, it's a force of nature, isn't it? Exactly, and what is Sasquatch? Uh, I guess a force of nature. Yeah, so, and if you look at that yeah. tower, what does the tower represent to you? I mean, it talks, it speaks to me about civilization, of structures, of things which are unnatural or should not be. Mm. And he's very much not that. He's and he represents, does he not represent like wildness and naturalness? And he seems to be doing very good at it. I mean, you know, if he exists materially and nobody has found a Bigfoot yet, he seems <laughs> to be he seems to be existing just fine uh, out in nature. So I would say if there's yeah. somebody who's 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 doing well outside of the confines of civilization, that yeah. would be Bigfoot. And maybe represents what we could all achieve if we lived outside of civilization, maybe. Ah, that's interesting. We get back to a sense of spiritual connection with the land. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a thought. Uh, that's cool. I like it. I want to. I want to toss in my. Uh, I want to toss in my two cents for Isaac's cards real quick. How I can. Mm -hmm. How I can see them. So the the nine of swords, the nightmare card. We may never know what Bigfoot is. We may never know what Sasquatch is and trying to get there, right? With our discursive intellect, trying to figure it out, put a label on it will probably lead us to misery, right? The next piece is I've, I've listened to and read a lot of, um, read a lot of material, listened to a lot of podcasts around Bigfoot Sasquatch. There's a really good podcast out there called Strange Familiars. And it's uh, a guy in, uh, basically in Pennsylvania. And there's a lot of, Sasquatch activity in Pennsylvania. This fellow investigates it. Uh, and from what he and the other people that really are in this investigation, they're like, it's not an animal. It looks like it walks in and it walks out. Like they'll see, they'll find footprints that just end. They'll be talking about being out in the woods and it's like they just disappear. So there's this idea that this being is somebody or something that can walk into our world, walk into this dimension, and then immediately walk out of it and back into their own, into a different one. Interesting connection with the King of Wands there. If wands are magic, if wands are manifestation, control, mental, that, that sort of thing, this could very well be a being that has a level of magic that we don't understand, and it's a master of it, okay? The next mm. piece, the tower piece of it, let's talk about conspiracies. 
if the governments of the world, if the, if, right, listen, listen, we got, we got to talk about conspiracy, right? So if, if, if the governments, if the governments of the world, if the United States government has had in its possession a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, right? Allow us for a moment to even think about the fact that there's a wild creature or a wild man out in the woods of many of our countries, many of our continents, right? We as a civilization, as a society, we have this idea of what civilization and society is. And this is the whole idea that if aliens are real and they tell the, the world that aliens are real, things would just fall apart. The, idea, the, the common idea of what reality is as mm. held together by civilization is something that's in a box, right? You drop aliens into it or Bigfoot into it, it all of a sudden breaks that box, which is the tower. If we were to actually find out as a collective what Bigfoot is, really, you're going to see a tower event. Mm. Yeah, I like that interpretation. Mm. That is it. Yeah, that's a really good interpretation of the tower and in this situation. I really like that one. So Anna, jump in. Tell us what Bigfoot is. Yeah. So my question is, is what is Sasquatch? Yeah, that is the question, yeah. right? Okay, so I'm going to ask that question. What is Sasquatch? waiting for one more to pop out. Whoops, that's two, I'm not gonna take those. My cards are jumping all over the place. We've got a lot of tea about Sasquatch. Okay, so that one wanted to come out. Well, it's interesting that we got the, um, the King of Wands there when you, when you pulled the King of Wands because I haven't got the King of Wands again, but I've got the Emperor, which to me mm -hmm. has quite a lot in common with the King of Wands in terms of, he is somebody who's very much, he's a very powerful individual, the emperor. He's about structure, he's about form. Um, he rules the number four, which is of earth, and he represents fire in earth to me. So he's a fire spirit who is of the earth. And, um, and he is somebody who um, organizes structures, controls, um, strategizes. He's somebody in control, somebody who has a vision that, you know, that, that has an effect on the world around him in some way. So if we're looking at Sasquatch in this, in this, um, with reference to the emperor, then he kind of has some role to do with the world at large that we don't necessarily understand, something to do with its order. That's the feeling I'm getting from this, that he has some role some in some way of being an organizer of energy in that world he just that's how it feels to me like he's in control of it somehow he's part of the structure of the natural environment it can also i don't know with the with the emperor and it's just really bizarre reading for a sasquatch um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just thinking more about the emperor. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I always look at the emperor and I think alpha male, that very strong masculine energy, which is again, you know, similar to the 
King of Wands that we were looking at before. Both are cards of Aries. Um, and they have that kind of, um, not aggression necessarily, although it could be, if necessary, that this individual could harness a lot of power, a lot of aggression, should it feel the but I get a kind of protective sense with this emperor here that that his aggression, if it's if he's provoked, it will be to do with protecting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has a, protect, a protective role that we are not aware of in some way. It's an energetic on an energetic level, and we're looking at the ones here. Um, yeah, something about that. Um, and temperance, weirdly, is the next card that I've got on the table. Huh. And temperance for me is, is a card of balance, of inner and outer, of um, mental, of physical, of spiritual and body. It's, it's a balance. It's like this creature, whatever his role is, it's to do with bringing the physical and the spiritual together or knitting the two together. Or maybe it's just because he is part of our world and part of the other world and he's able to go between the two. And he's like the point, the fulcrum point or some or a being that can transverse both of those 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 interior and exterior spaces, the 3D world and the world of spirit. Um, but the temperance angel talks about bridges, bridging gaps. And we see that he she has the, um, in a lot of cards, not actually in this one, uh, she's sometimes depicted with a rainbow in the background, which is the, which is the bridge. And she is Iris, goddess of the rainbow. That's who she represents. And she represents peace. So I feel like on some energetic level, he's to do with managing energy towards balance, towards harmony. That's the sense I'm getting with him, um, that he has some function to do with that, maintaining that, um, keeping that bridge open for some reason or another that I certainly don't know about and I have no clue about at all, but that's the feeling I'm getting. Um, and the third card is manifestation, the three of three of wands. And this might be to do with the fact that we can sometimes see him. You know, he sometimes comes into our awareness um, and becomes real, becomes apparent because the, the three of wands is about um, things becoming real to us in some way or coming to land within our worlds from an outside place, from an outside source and manifesting, literally manifesting. So we're talking about manifestation here and his ability to do that, I believe. Um, So I do think that this is, if we're looking at him as a person, he's a very powerful spirit who has some kind of role as a mediator that he acts as some kind of bridge or he keeps the energy flowing between our world and the other world somehow alive and that he can manifest. And that's why he appears sometimes and not at others. That's what I'm getting anyway. That's my two cents worth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so far we have, you know, Bigfoot is indeed a thing, but, you know, maybe not a, a material thing, but sometimes maybe. <laughs> I think it's interesting that I've got two major arcana cards here, which talk about um, bigger energies, spiritual energies rather mm-hmm. than necessarily all minor arcana cards, which would talk about material stuff. 
The only mm -hmm. material card I've got is manifestation. So this is this is what's bringing him into reality. You know, it's like this. It's like these two spiritual aspects or these two spiritual truths are manifesting or can manifest. That's what I'm getting from these three cards. Fascinating. It is. It's really interesting. The um, when I was right before we got into this, I was just taking on my deck, and right on the bottom of it was the Emperor card. And I go, wouldn't it be funny if the Emperor card showed up in this? Because <laughs> he is he is the hairiest male. Look at that card. That beard <laughs> is he is the hairiest male out of all of the males on in tarot, right? So we have that feature of the hair, right? Kind of being hidden by it. The temperance card talks about in this world and in the next world, right? That one foot in the water, one foot on land. Yep. But also in the temperance card, don't you see bare feet? Do we see we do. bare feet there? Yeah. Okay, so we have another feature of that. And then the three of wands to me, interestingly, is uh, again, that manifestation. But the three of wands, his back is turned. You're never gonna see his face. You know, you're, that's, that, that, that person is hidden and they're, they're, you know, he's looking out on those, he's looking out at the ships, but the people on the ships are probably not able to look up on the cliff and see him. So that's also interesting to me that he's looking at something that he can see, but the people in the ships probably can't see him up on the cliff. He's probably so also, far away. He's it also points to the fact that he's aware of a bigger picture than we are aware of too. You know, he can see more than we can. Yeah. He's aware of a bigger picture in a way that we're not because he has one foot in the earthly plane and one foot in spirit. Yeah, this is this is really interesting. So I'm going to jump right in and I'm just going to ask for three cards to tell me uh, what is Bigfoot? The spirits of uh, tarot, any help, helping spirits today, uh, please, please lend me insight as to what the creature from Sasquatch is. All right, uh, so this doesn't really make any sense to me, um, but I'm gonna just jump right into it. The first one I got was the Five of Pentacles. Hmm. So, you know, in, in tarot, fives are, fives are strife, hardship, uh, and this is, this is destitution, right? Interestingly, though, you know, as I look at this and I'm, and I'm going about this, I always look at this card as like um, kind of like salvation is around the corner. Like these people are going through the winter of their soul. But, you know, you can see the, the, the light of divinity or the church here. And they're about to walk around the corner and go into where it's warm. Right. This speaks to people, you know, homeless folks being out in the wild. This speaks to somebody that is out in the elements all the time, right? They're outside. These people are outside the building. They're not inside where it's warm and where there's light. So this is interesting that it would say, you know, these beings are on the outside of our warmth and our light. Whatever they are, they're outside. They're of the elements, okay? Um, again, more wands here. I got the 10 of wands. Uh, <laughs> The Ten of Wands, Tens, finishing up cycles, completion, that sort of thing. This card always 
this card always speaks to me of burdens, but burdens that we are finally strong enough to carry, right? So there's strength here in this card. Again, we've all got wands, you know, the king of wands, the three of wands, and now the ten of wands. It speaks to that really uh, fiery, magical element. I, you know, focus on the feet there. This person, they're not barefoot, but they have moccasin feet. Um, and they're just strong enough to carry one. Also, now that I look at this, if you know anything about Sasquatch, right? Uh, if you've studied Sasquatch, there are apparently structures out in the woods, right? Where they would make sort of like quasi shelters, if you will. Um, and it, they like break six apart and they stack them up almost in like almost in something that kind of looks like that right so I can see that relation here with them as well and then my final card I have no idea how to interpret this and I guess as I talk about it it'll come to me a little bit um, it's a court card um, page of pentacles the page of pentacles you know the pages of mm -hmm. messengers if you will but the page of pentacles um I mean, that's earth. Pentacles are earth. And somebody once described this card to me, and I really, I, I haven't made this connection to this card yet, but that doesn't mean it's not for them. Uh, but this card is really about, this is like the psychic card, right? Being connected to the earth and having those sort of uh, intuitions or, or understanding the rhythms of the earth. It's also interesting to note that this person is holding the pentacle up, right? Looking at it in a place of reverence and awe and that they are, I would, I would take this as a way of saying, um, I, hold, I hold the earth above all else. I hold the earth above all else. Also something I'd never seen in this card before until today. And I don't know if I can get it up there to show you. Look at the bicep on that guy. <laughs> Good point. I haven't noticed that either. Oh, no, I have to look at that card. <laughs> that, that's a, that is a bicep. That is a bulging. bulging He's a chunky bicep. monkey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So will we ever know what Sasquatch is? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I do believe that he is a strong man of the wild. Uh, strong man of the wild is what I would get here out of these three cards. Mm. It's definitely or, building so something with those ones, right? He is, he is building. He is building something with those ones for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's got his back turned as well. You know, he's got his back turned there too. Something I noticed because we've got the three of ones with his back turned and the ten of ones with his back turned. Yeah, and I see bare feet in the you know. Well, there's at least one barefoot in the beggars here, in the homeless folks. Um, yeah, this is this is this is this is a wonderful experiment. I, I really yeah. like this. <laughs> so you know the you know the the ad you know if you're cold they're cold too. Bring them inside. You know, talking about people and, and pet owners. Uh, with the five of pentacles, all I could think of is if you're cold, Bigfoot is cold too. Bring your local Bigfoot inside. You know, 
Just, yeah. I, it's, it was a joke. It didn't land. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a joke and it didn't land. Well, no, no, no. It's, um, there's, there's a truth to that in the way that these people are outside and there's people inside, right? These people are mm-hmm. of the elements. Whether they want to be of the elements or not, they are of the elements. They are out of the snow. They are they are foot, foot deep in that snow. I mean, look at those are feet right in the snow. So I mean, that speaks to that speaks to it not being. Um, I think it also speaks of being outside of civilization as well. You know, they're outside in, like you said, very much. That was my sense when I saw that straight away. It was like, no, they're outside. They're in the elements. They're not in that building. They're not in that structure. That religion isn't for them. That's not something that makes sense to them. That whole way of seeing the world, they're outside it. They're of the elements. They're, you know, they're part of that. It might not be comfortable for them, but they are, you know? Yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I really, I really like these interpretations, and I am really excited about doing more of this. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So, romance, intrigue, Bigfoot, advice, tea. Who knows what you'll get here at the Three of Cups Story Hour? Uh, <laughs> that is. We don't that, know either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So that is that's our that's our episode, folks. Really appreciate you tuning in and following along with us. It is open to anybody. I believe next time we'll have a guest to in to to share in with some of our wackiness. Uh, but it's open to anybody. If you want to be a guest, let us know. If you want to uh, sit in with us and throw some tarot or just lend your advice and wisdom, let us know. We want to hear your story. And if you have a situation, a challenge, or obstruction in your life that you want some insight in, just email us at threeofcupsstoryhour at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Are we on Instagram? Yes. Yep, Yep. Josh is nodding his head. Good. I think you can... Yeah, just Google us. You can find us at Three of Cups Story Hours. A story hour across the board. Awesome. Anna, anything that you want to add before we uh, before we head on out? No, other than that I've never, ever had to do a reading about a Sasquatch in my life before, and I doubt I ever will again. So thank <laughs> you for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I will I will say that this is probably not going to be the last time that you have to do a reading around Sasquatch, and I can only hope that's the truth. I can yeah, only me too. Now I'm, I'm up for it now. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, then we are going to sign off. Thank you for this. Uh, let us know your problems, situations, challenges, what you thought of our fun time together, and we can't wait to meet up again. So everybody out there in the ether and in the interwebs, take care of yourself. Be well and enjoy this time of the season as everybody's kind of withdrawing and uh, slowing down. So Mm -hmm. take care of yourselves and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.